Hi everybody, it's Stefan Molyneux from Freedom Aid Radio. I hope that you're doing very well. Thank you all so much for your wonderfully kind good wishes um, about or with regards to my recent uh, fatherhood. I am now in day 10 of being a daddles and uh, I must tell you it is an absolutely wonderful and delightful and charming and intimate and weepy and beautiful and relaxing uh, experience. Uh, of course, like all fathers, I have the um, most beautiful and best behaved, calmest uh, and most affectionate uh, baby. Uh, so uh, that helps a lot, of course. And my wonderful wife, who is uh, uh, the best mother on the planet, is uh, obviously helping make it all too wonderful for words. So thank you so much for your kind wishes. Um, if you have the right person, it is absolutely <laughs> a recommended experience. It is just beautiful. So, uh, the meaning of life. Let's uh, dive in to part two and see if we can't make some sense. And uh, I, uh, I'm not just on a neutron bomb destructo head mission here. I am, in fact, going to try or make my best attempt to offer you uh, the possibility of joy, happiness, virtue, integrity, and the, um, the resulting non-need for uh, artificial meaning at the end of this, but again, we still have a little bit of rubble to clear, so I am leading you towards something I hope will be uh, helpful and positive in your life, but we do need to deal with this particular issue first. So, we talked about, I'm not going to revamp the last video, but we talked about meaning as uh, a deficiency that represents a kind of dysthymia or depression, and meaning is something that is to me highly analogous the offering of meaning to people, to, to children in particular, but to people as a whole, the offering of meaning is kind of like a drug. Because what it does is drugs, the real problem with drugs is they give you the illusion of achievement without the strain of the cause, right? So if you're miserable and you take heroin, then you can become uh, happier. So you get, and happiness is, uh, I believe, it's the old Socratic equation, right? Reason equals virtue equals happiness. So happiness is the result of reason and integrity and virtue and all of those very difficult and challenging things, uh, particularly in the world as it is. But uh, so to, to get happiness, we have to do all of these difficult things, like to lose weight, to gain health, to do eat well. We have to change our lifestyles and our habits. These are all challenging things, and the result is health. If there was a pill we could pop, then we would pop the pill and not go through all the difficulty. But there's no pill uh, for happiness that leads to long-term and sustained happiness other than reason equals virtue equals uh, happiness. So, uh, meaning gives you the effect of authenticity, of developing what is valuable to you in your life, of living with integrity and achieving the resulting happiness. Uh, the, the imposed or artificial meaning from outside will give you that effect, but uh, you don't actually have to go through the work of defining who you are and what is of value to you and what is truth and, and all that kind of stuff. So it is very much like a drug. And the problem with drugs is that they give you a high that replaces that, that, that is the goal you want, which is happiness or, or whatever, self-escape, self-erasure, whatever it is that is the happiness that drives people to do drugs. It'll give you that effect, and then it will give you a lower trough afterwards. And that is the case with this idea of external meaning, of, of who you are being defined by people outside yourself, by your culture, by your religion, by your country, by your town, by your sports team, by whatever, your socioeconomic class, your race, whatever it is that is handing you a prefabricated identity, this straitjacket of false meaning, uh, is going to give you relief from the challenge of authenticity and, and becoming who you really are, and then it's going to give you a trough, which then drives you to come back to get more 
of this artificial meaning to avoid the anxiety of inner emptiness that comes from taking on somebody else's meaning as if it were your own. So it's really, really not a positive thing. It's very tempting in the short run, like all drugs, I suppose, but it's really, really bad uh, in the long run. So, I mean, the great challenge of, of what Jung and others have called uh, authentication or authenticity is defining who you are, what your purpose in life is, and what are your goals, Re you know, relative to what your goals, uh, what, you, what your desires are, uh, relative to objective virtue, and, and all of these kinds of things. And when, when we all face that challenge of who we are, which starts relatively early in life, what happens is there are uh, uh, 10,000, 10 million or more con men and women who will come swarming in and will offer you uh, a, a, a prefabricated identity which is designed to have you avoid the challenge of doing the Nietzsche thing, looking into the abyss, letting the abyss look into you, figuring out who you are relative to reality rather than relative to what Ayn Rand called the social metaphysics of other people's preferences uh, and desires. So, for instance, uh, when you are faced with the problem of, of who you are, you can obey men in funny hats who claim to be channeling a mythical Jewish uh, zombie. That's one possibility. Or, I suppose, you could obey other men who claim that you are one of the chosen people because some uh, crazed Stone Age Bedouin sun-baked <laughs> desert tribesman had visions of being picked out of a crowd by some invisible sky ghost. Uh, you could, I guess, go that. Or you could take on some prefabricated identity called being an American, a Bostonian, a, a Red Sox fan, a Texan, um, a, a redneck, uh, a Democrat, a Republican, a Libertarian, a Socialist, a Communist, a whatever, right? All of these things are entirely possible, and there are lots of people who are going to give you those prefabricated identities, which you can grab onto and you can use as a substitute for being who you really are. The problem is, of course, that it erodes, undermines, and eventually destroys who you really are, leaving you in a state of permanent addiction to these false and uh, externally offered identities, right? So that's, that's not where you want to go. I mean, it may feel tempting, and we've all had those temptations. It may feel tempting in the short run, but it really is going to be unpleasant for you in the long run. And I'll get sort of as to why and how to avoid it uh, in the next uh, show. So when we look at these uh, swarming con men and all of their prefabricated chainmail straitjacket identities that they offer in uh, exchange for, well, what? What are they? What is the one thing that is uh, common to all of these prefabricated identities? Well, ka-ching! They all cost money. It's a... Uh, savage and corrosive economic transaction at its core, because they all cost money, right? You want to be an American? You're going to pay your taxes. Uh, Bostonian, even, you got to pay your city taxes, right? Municipal taxes. Uh, you've got... Uh, you want to be a sports fan? You've got to buy tickets, or you've got to sit through commercials, or buy memorabilia, or, you know, it's all... It's all a cash transaction. You've got tithes for religious organizations, dues, uh, donations, uh, etc. Now, I take donations, but I don't offer identity. I offer reason and the possibility for you to work out your own authenticity. And of course, everything I do is free. You want to join a synagogue? What is it? Two grand a year? It's uh, you know, you got to pay for these drugs, right? For these self-erasing drugs, these anxiety-reducing fake identities.
and fabricated identities when you when you take on the you know ultra confining straitjacket of a prefabricated identity you get a lifelong series of bills right it's just pay 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 it is the ultimate renewable income source and that is one of the reasons why these prefabricated identities identities are so consistently manufactured and imposed on children because you know once a catholic always a catholic you will uh, end up being homesick if you try to flee these straitjackets. You will end up being homesick for the exploitation and predation because if you put your arm in a cast, it becomes that much harder when you take the cast off to do anything useful with it because the muscles have all withered. It's like your bones in zero gravity. They tend to decay uh, in the absence of use. So your true self, your authentic self, your genuine self, who you really are, uh, decays and withers and eventually dies in the shadow, in the constrictive cave in the straitjacket of these false identities, right? So the longer you stay in this addiction, the harder it is, and eventually it does become impossible, right? The longer you smoke these false identities, the greater your eventual risk of developing something terminal called soul death, uh, which is where you can no longer recover your original self. It has been so erased and only shows up as agony and discontent. And I really, really don't want that for you. So let's see if we can build something better. So, lots of people will take lifelong cash from you. And what is it in America? Uh, religion alone uh, rakes in $100 billion a year. People pay a lot to avoid truth and authenticity because right? it's a lot easier to just slot yourself into somebody else's fantasy right? than it is to uh, be courageous, stand independently, think for yourself, and find out who you really are. That is very hard. And of course, the, it's very hard to not end up as a drug addict when everything around you is drugs and there's drugs in the water and you have to be really careful, right? And because there's these swarming false identities around that are trying to, you know, suck onto our faces like that little hand beast from Alien, uh, it's very hard to, to avoid those and to, you know, find a way to, to be who you are in the face of all of these jostling demands, exploitations, and tempting offers for, uh, to, to slot yourself into somebody else's exploitive mythology. So it's tough, right? But um, uh, true identity and right? who you really are is, um, is the opposite of conformity to exploitive fantasies, the exploitive fantasies of other people. Because whether you call yourself uh, Jewish or Muslim or Christian or American or white or whatever, a Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, there's nothing real there. It's, uh, it's not it's a cloud castle, right? It, it, it's not real. Uh, there's no, they're no chosen people. There's no such thing as America. You don't, you don't have a soul. Your sports team cares about your money. There's no God. The politics is not going to set you free. There's no government. It's just a bunch of people with guns. These are all exploitive fantasies. They're just going to rot your soul. And fundamentally, and finally, before we get to the next segment, in, in the long run, when it comes to your happiness, your efficacy, your capacity for love, and to be loved, you know, nobody can love a cliché, and all of these fabricated identities are just clichés. And you can only be loved for who you truly and really are, because that is unique, right? You are a virtuous snowflake self-deity. To be who you truly are is to be individuated, is to be individual, is to be open to being loved, 
So you can't be loved if you're slotting yourself into somebody else's mythology because you've become a cliché. So in the long run, there's really nothing, nothing that is more expensive than paying someone else to tell you who you are.